Hey, James and Dave's Jim in South Carolina, South Kakalaki. Sorry if you hear my dog barking in the background, but there's people walking by the house, so that's what he does. He does his job, um, which is kind of the theme for the Bucks this year. Do your job, right? But anyway, here's the uh, question uh, for an upcoming episode. Uh, I know you guys are looking for ideas, which I don't blame you, since there's no football going on. Um, let's do the Vegas version. Uh, let's see. Give everybody your over-under touchdown passes for Tom Brady, over-under passing yards, Tom Brady, um, touchdown catches for Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and I'll throw in Gronk. And just give your over-under. Where do you think they were, they're going to finish as far as numbers-wise? Uh, I'm not going to set the over-under for you. I'd let you guys just think about it yourselves and come up with your answers. So I thought it would be a cool uh, cool little discussion between the two of you. Um, as always, you know I'm, I, I listen to every part. I never miss one. Uh, I am going to try the Built Bars, too, because of your guys' recommendation. And uh, as always, you know, keep safe and go Bucks. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Jericho, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Tom Brady uh, rounded up some of his new teammates to work out at a uh, local Tampa Bay school. Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers lead story is that uh, the unorganized, organized workouts basically had begun for the Buccaneers as Tom Brady called in some of his new teammates, including Ryan Griffin, Blaine Gabbert, Dare Agunbawale, Scotty Miller, Mike Evans, Cameron Brait, O.J. Howard, and even center Ryan Jensen flew in from his home in Colorado to head over to these workouts. And these guys headed over to local Tampa Bay High School, Berkeley Prep, where they just kind of worked on routes. Tom Brady was walking guys through and showing them where he likes them to cut and and what kind of things he likes them to do is they start to get familiar with each other's tendencies. They were working on the playbook and, you know, even took some time doing red zone drills and took some time just sitting over on the bleachers next to this football field, just getting to know one another as people. So it looks like Tom Brady is not waiting for the NFL facilities to officially open up. He is staying within the guidelines by the state of Florida as far as social gatherings, uh, you know, not exceeding uh, 10 people and, and things like that. Ian Rappaport on NFL Network even talked about how there's nothing illegal in the eyes of the NFL as to what Tom Brady's doing. Ben Roethlisberger is doing the same thing. These guys can organize their own workouts with one another as long as they are adhering to the guidelines of their state. So, Tom Brady out there in pads and a Buccaneers helmet working with his new teammates. Yeah. And every, I mean, any sign you get or any step that we get closer to the return of sports is, is a positive, right? And the NFL so far has been, I, I would say has been pretty lucky because most of the other leagues, well, all the other leagues, I mean, the NHL, you know, major league baseball, NBA, NCAA sports, you know, uh, March madness absolutely disappeared. We had a totally different brand of March madness uh, for 2020, 
but the NFL is just, it's kind of like, you know, the, the coronavirus and the NFL just kind of lined up perfectly where, you know, they were able to have the Super Bowl, the Pro Bowl, they were able to have the Senior Bowl, they were able to do all their major public events, and the only one so far that's really been impacted was the NFL draft, but even the draft went off, and it was beautiful, and it was amazing, and people just absolutely loved seeing, you know, guys like Jason Light with their kids, you know, helping, not helping, but, you know, in the room as they're submitting picks or working on trades, and, you know, Bill Belichick's dog sitting at the computer, and, you know, finally we pull the curtain back and realize who's been running the Patriots all these years, and now it makes sense. It's man's best friend, so, of course, they dominate man's best sport, but, it's, you know, that's the only real impact that this league has faced right now is the NFL draft. And so now as things are moving forward, this is a good sign. There are plenty of other states who are starting to kind of do soft openings. Uh, James, you and I, we laughed and shared a, a video uh, among between each other about a beach in, in Galveston, Texas, opening up and having one of their events and how hilarious some of the people in that video were. And, but so it's just it's great to see that parts of society are starting to kind of open up again and that it's starting to bleed over into sports. I believe NFL Network right, is going to start doing some of their shows again, or all their shows again, back in studio uh, the way they were. So that's, again, another sign. And, you know, make no mistake about it, NFL Network is NFL media. It's run by the league. It's, it's, a, it's the league's network, right? So all these things tie in. It's just going to be interesting to see how things move forward because, like you mentioned, there are some states that are opening, but there are some states that are not. And Roger Goodell has kind of already said in the past that, you know, they, they want to be careful in not creating uh, an unfair advantage to certain teams because maybe their states open up. So if Los Angeles continues down that path where they're not going to open up the city of L.A. until coronavirus is just a memory, um, well, what does that mean for the Rams and the Chargers? And, you know, if, if that's how L.A. is operating, what does that mean for the Buccaneers when Florida goes to 100% operational and everybody's out and open? And, you know, UCF, Florida State, Florida's holding, you know, their, you know, spring, well, not really spring games anymore, but they're starting to hold practice and stuff. What does that mean for the Bucs? What does it mean for the NFL? So a lot of hurdles still to be, be jumped over and crossed, but it's encouraging at least that, you know, the NFL is acknowledging, hey, these players have the right to do this. There's a state or more that have the, the parameters set so these players can do this. And, of course, first time you get to see Tom Brady playing football in any fashion, uh, wearing a Buccaneers logo has got to be exciting for Buccaneers fans. I'm sure it's exciting for him. Outstanding, by the way. Just just – an underrated thing that Ryan Jensen flew back from Colorado to the state of Florida to be with his quarterback. I don't think I want, I hope fans really understand the impact that is going to have in the 2020 season. The fact that Ryan did that on what had to be really short notice. Um, I, I again, I really hope they understand the impact of that because that's huge. Yeah. I mean, something that, that can't go overlooked is the chemistry between a center and his quarterback. You know, those are the two guys that touch the ball on every single offensive snap. And if those snaps don't go well, those are turnovers. And that is, you know, allowing the other team to basically beat you by beating yourself. So getting that chemistry down, getting that timing down, um, Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times who broke this story, and it was a, a Tampa Bay Times photographer that got some exclusive photos, had said that they were, uh, they were working on shotgun snaps. How important is it going to be to get that down between Jensen and Brady? Because I'm sure we're going to see Brady lined up in the shotgun more than half the time. One other thing that I'll note that Rick Stroud put in his article about this is, quote, it's also not surprising that Brady organized the session at 7 a.m. In addition to providing some protection from the heat of the day, as well as some privacy, 
He is also able to determine which teammates are willing to rise early and make the sacrifice to work on improving their timing and chemistry with him. That's a that's a solid little solid little note. It's it's exciting. It means that we're you know we're we're getting closer, everyone. We're getting closer. Before we move on, you know we got to talk to you about Built Bars. Built Bars are an amazing tasting protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They come in 16 amazing flavors. They are covered 100% in chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. And David, since I got my own Build-A-Box, build-your-own flavor box, I am, I'm eating these peanut butter brownie ones at a two-to-one ratio of the other flavors. It's just, it's so good. The peanut butter brownie, the mint brownie, they're so good. Banana nut bread. I still love the banana nut bread. But the peanut butter brownie I had this morning on my way to uh, to my first stop for work, 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams of net carbs. Head over to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get $10 off of your first order. They've debuted some new flavors. In fact, on Monday, my son's birthday, they debuted peanut butter banana, pineapple upside down cake, coconut pecan pie, and blueberry lemon. So more and more flavors of Bill Bar coming out, and every one that I have had is just absolutely fantastic. You need to try them for yourself. Do that. By heading to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, receive $10 off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Happy hump day, everybody in Bucks Nation. It is Wednesday here in the Locked On Bucks podcast. If you guys listened to the very beginning of this episode, you heard the voicemail from Jim out there in South Carolina. Jim, we appreciate your call, as always. Um, And he had an idea for a show, doing over-unders, and I mean, I think over-unders are kind of a staple of sports today, and, and why not? We can go ahead and throw some over-unders out there. Jim put out some categories for us, so that's what we're going to do here. But, James, before we do that, I'm not going to do a whole Bilt Bar commercial, but I did want to say a little bit about Bilt Bar. So, for one, James, you know how much pineapples have been an influence in my life, which I'm not really sure how that happened, but even my business card has pineapples on it. So, that pineapple upside-down cake Bilt Bar is definitely coming to my house. The second thing, are you still eating yours out of the freezer? I am. In fact, today, I finally remembered to take my cooler with me uh-huh. because even though it's not real hot yet in the mornings, it's about I don't know, 60 to 65, but it's starting to get super, super humid. So by the time I'm eating my bar on my way to my first stop, uh, it's already starting to melt. So I kept it in, in my cooler and it stayed nice and cold and outstanding. So I will tell you that, so if you remember my mother-in-law, when she got her first box, she started doing like a scientific experiment where she cut them into thirds and she put one third in the freezer, one third in the, in the refrigerator. And then she kept one third out in, you know, in a cabinet in the pantry. And she was trying to figure out what her temperature was for her built bars. Um, and she was talking about the fridge. So I actually put a couple of the built bars in my fridge and I can, I'm just going to say now I am officially a built bar refrigerator guy. Uh, I now eat mine out of the refrigerator, and I found that the flavor, to me anyway, the flavor pops a little bit more, which I never thought was actually possible. So now I'm really, because I have not tried the banana nut bread out of the refrigerator yet. I have not tried the mint chocolate out of the refrigerator yet, so I'm extremely excited, but then I'm also excited to get that pineapple upside down cake. Anyway, I just had to throw my two cents in there. But James, our first over-under for this episode is going to be touchdown passes for Tom Brady. And I'm looking at Tom Brady's career stats, and I know that we're not getting 
you know, the, the classic Tom Brady of the early part of his career, the Randy Moss, Tom Brady, and all that stuff. But even in the last few years, right, Tom Brady has had touchdown seasons of 24, 29, and 32. That's the last three seasons that he's had. And I look at the 24 touchdowns he had from a year ago and the weapons that he had in New England and just kind of the way that they were limited a little bit. You know, Rob was, was not there. Wes Welker is the number one receiver, number one target in the sense that, you know, he's Tom's favorite guy. But, I mean, let's be honest with you, Wes Welker is not a number one receiver in the traditional sense of a guy who can do a little bit of everything. He's very much really good at a little bit of what he does, kind of like a Steph Curry. Like, you can't make Steph Curry a, Curry a two-guard. You can't have him play the three, the four, or the five. He's got to play the one. Wes Welker is kind of the same type of guy. But here in Tampa, he's going to have guys – I mean, Mike Evans has taken snaps in the slot before. You know what I mean? Like, there's really no – no end to the variance of formations they can have, the variables of the players that can get involved with Tom Brady in 2020 in this Tampa Bay Buccaneers season. So I'm going to place the over-under on touchdowns, touchdown throws for Tom Brady at 28 and a half. Over. Over, I like it. Explain yourself. Look, I don't think he's going to be racking up, you know, 40 touchdown passes or anything, but I think we're looking at him hitting the low 30s. I I don't see any reason why he wouldn't end up close to the mark that Jameis Winston hit last year other than this is what this is what could prevent it, this is what could cut it down other than the fact that they're not going to be playing from behind nearly as often we presume. But I would say I'm looking at like the 30 to 32 range and you figure that's an average of two touchdown passes per game. And I, I don't see, you know, really anything that would stop him from getting something like that with the weapons that they have. And I don't know. It just, that, that just seems a little bit low. I'm, I'm really dead set on him hitting the 30 mark. I, I think that when all is said and done, that's where he'll end up. And I realize there's been, quite a few seasons in his career where he hasn't hit the 30 mark. You know, three of the last four years, he hasn't hit that. But three out of the last four years, he hasn't had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and OJ Howard. Just saying. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the justification <laughs> is sound. I mean, you know, with the over under at 28 and a half, taking the over means a minimum of 29. That would have put him in fifth place last year. Uh, only four NFL quarterbacks had 30 or more touchdown passes. Of course, Seamus Winston was one of them. Lamar Jackson with 36. Russell Wilson came in at 31 and Dak came in at 30. So, I mean, that's, you know, if you're looking at a category or kind of the group that you would put Tom Brady in, I mean, that's that's the kind of company you would put him in, even at 42, 43 years of age, I think. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that 28 is kind of that sweet spot, right? I think that, that 28 is a realistic expectation, but you could definitely see Tom going for 29, 30, 31. I mean, this is still a young secondary. So, if, if there are some games, I mean, you look at week one against New Orleans Saints, you know, if this young secondary comes in and kind of shows their youth a little bit, they haven't been able to play real football in, in a year or in you know, nine, ten months or whatever, uh, that, that youth could show up and Tom Brady can go out there and have to be into and get himself into a shootout with Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Alvin Kamara. And, I mean, you could see Tom Brady throw four or five touchdowns in that game. And you see Drew Brees throw four or five touchdowns in that game. And the game is won or lost on a Mr. Made field goal. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think taking the over is is possible, definitely. But I think twenty eight is kind of that sweet spot. 
All right. Well, it's time to move on to over under Tom Brady passing yards. And like you, I've taken a look at, at what he's done throughout his career, which of course is not indicative in, as to what he will do in 2020, but it gives you kind of a gauge as to what he's consistently done because you know, I haven't followed him extremely closely over the course of the last 20 years. Uh, there were a couple of times that I rooted for him in the Super Bowl, but you know, there were also times that I rooted against him. That's just how it was with Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. But taking a look at, at the weapons that he has, taking a look at what he's generally done throughout his career, more importantly, over the last 10 years, I'm setting the over-under for you, David, at 4,200 yards. 4,200 yards. Mm. You know, I'm going to go under. I'm going I'm to go under wow. 4,200. And it's really not, I mean, it, it's not without great pause, as you heard. I just, nope. I just that don't. That was a great pause. <laughs> I just don't think that the Buccaneers are going to need him to throw for 4,200 yards, if that, if that makes sense. And, you know, uh, these things come in, in, a, in, a lot of, in a lot of ways, you know. And I think that when you look at touchdowns versus yard production, I, I look at Tom Brady and I look into 2020 and I could see the 28-plus, the 29-plus touchdown passes coming. But, again, you talk about the yards. I mean, there, there could be very well be drives where you're talking about, you know, uh, Ronald Jones takes a run, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn takes a run, Dario Gumbwale, who you know, see what he can do, uh, so on and so forth, and they get into the red zone. And now this is where Byron left, which is where Bruce Arians is, where Tom Brady really wants to take advantage of the amount of weapons they have. And we've kind of already talked about, James, and kind of some of my fantasy formations where you've got Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski and Chris Godwin and O.J. Howard all split out from the line of scrimmage, who's the defense really going to cover? And then just for you know, fun, you can throw in a Scotty Miller. You can throw in a Tyler Johnson. Uh, Justin Watson is still out there. I mean, you can move Rojo into the slot on, you know, on motion. Keyshawn Vaughn has some receiving ability. So, I mean, there's just a lot of options. When you get into the red zone with the field so shrunk, I think something that this offense is going to be able to do is force the defense to choose a direction. And so if you put O.J., inside on the slot on, on the right side of the field and you put Rob Gronkowski on the outside, you can only double one of those guys. You can't double them both. So do you want Tom to throw in the middle to OJ or do you want Tom throwing the outside to Rob? And then meanwhile, you've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin still you have to account for. And basically what's going to do is Tom's going to find the guy that's in single coverage and that's who he's going to try to hit with the ball. Um, so I just feel like even if you have a drive that goes 12 plays, eight carries, 70 yards, that last 30 yards might be eaten up by, you know, three or four passes. And I understand that's a 100-yard drive, but you know what I'm trying to say here. Um, so I still feel like the yards could be a little bit lower. 4,200 is a good spot, though. I'm going to go under on that, though. I, I'm, I said it, so I'm not really going to say over or under. But if you take a look at Tom Brady since 2010, he has four seasons where he did not reach 4,200 yards. And two of those seasons, he was at 4,109 and last year, which was 4,057. So I wouldn't say the Patriots needed him to throw for 4,300, 4,500, 4,700, 4,800 yards, but he did it anyway. <laughs> and when you take a look, like if you take a look at, at pro football focus projections, you know, for the 2020 season, the Buccaneers have 12 
top 10 rated matchups against opposing pass defense. And what that means is a top 10 matchup means you're going against one of the 10 worst pass defenses, according to Pro Football Focus. So 75% of their schedule is going up against the worst of the pass defenses in the NFL, and they only have one matchup out of the 16 games that's outside of the top 20. I think it all kind of adds up to Brady be, being able to uh, impose his will against whoever the opponent is. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see it happening. Uh, our next over-under is going to be touchdown catches for Mike Evans, and I think, of course, this is one that, that's a little bit interesting because the Buccaneers have not always had or helped Mike Evans have uh, you know superbly uh, pr- productive years in the touchdown statistics category. That was kind of a weird way of saying that. Uh, of course, 2014, 2016, Mike came away with 12 touchdown catches in each of those years. In the last two years, 18 and 19, he had eight in each. All of them are good numbers. Uh, but then, of course, he had the 2015 season where he only had three touchdown catches. 2017, five touchdown catches, which is one of the reasons I think that, you know, other than just being a Buccaneer and not playing in the postseason, not having all the prime time exposure that comes with being a Buccaneer leading into 2020, uh, Mike Evans is is – not often talked about as kind of, you know, in that group of competing to be the best wide receiver in the National Football League, even though most people who are close to the Buccaneers would say he deserves to be so. So the over-under, James, I'm going to set on Mike Evans and his Tom Brady season, his first season with Tom Brady and touchdowns. I think it's an easy number to pick. It's going to be nine and a half. Under. I'm, I'm going with the under. I think there's going to be a lot of sharing the wealth. So I think if Evans comes away with a similar statistical year that he did in 2019, it's perfectly fine. He comes away with eight, nine touchdown passes. He's good. You know, that's still going to be a Pro Bowl selection. It's still going to be, you know, one of the top fantasy performers of uh, in the league. I don't – I don't – think I can see any player on this team hitting double digits and touchdowns because Mike's got to get his Godwin's got to get his Gronk's got to get his OJ and Braid are going to get theirs like it's nine and a half I mean I know it's wild to say but then again you know Mike Evans hasn't exactly been the poster child for double digit touchdown seasons he's only he's only done it twice uh, I, I'm more concerned with making sure Evans continues his thousand yard streak than I am with the touchdowns. Cause yeah, I'm taking the under at nine and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, you have him coming in nine touchdowns or less. I mean, again, he's at eight the last two years, each of the last two years at eight touchdowns. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, you could, you could definitely see Mike coming in with another eight or nine touchdown season, but I really wanted to put that number at, do you think he's going to hit double digits or do you not think he's going to hit double digits? I think that was really the kind of question I was forcing upon you. And I mean, as much as you could see Mike Evans kind of blowing up and having, you know, another 12 touchdown season or even, you know, 13, maybe even more, uh, there, there's, there's only one ball, right? That's kind of what they like to say. It's what they said when Kevin Durant went to Golden State. There's only one ball. So, you know, only one guy can score a touchdown on each drive. Uh, so it's going to be interesting, interesting to see how the division ends up uh, working out. We are doing some way too early yet fun over-unders. Thanks to our buddy Jim who called in, and uh, David, I'm up next with Chris Godwin touchdown receptions. Uh, there's no question that you know in 14 games last year, 
Chris Godwin not only had over 1,300 yards receiving, he was one touchdown away from having double digits. He finished with nine on the year, just really emerging as a star in the league. So he goes from one his rookie year in the fourth quarter of the last game to seven in 2018 and now nine in 2019. David, I'm going to set the over-under at seven and a half. Oh, he's going over, and I can tell you exactly how many touchdowns he's going to have. Did you do this mathematically where he, like, he got six more from year one to two and then got two more from year two to three, and then you created some wacky formula? No. You want to know how many touchdowns Chris Garland's going to have in 2020? 14 to match his jersey number? 12. Fitting. And, yeah, so so that's my guess right now. Right? He's going to have 12. I mean, it, it would just – the story writes itself. Um but at the same time, all right, I think it was Peter Schrager on Good Morning Football who said that there were weeks last year that Mike Evans, you know, challenged Michael Thomas, you know, to be the be- to be thought of as the best wide receiver in the NFC South, perhaps one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League. But then there were also weeks that Chris Godwin challenged uh, the thought process of maybe he's the best wide receiver on the Buccaneers roster, and you know they they complement each other each other very well. But there are certain things that Chris can do that Mike Evans just doesn't do. And, you know, we all love Mike, but he himself has even talked about his inability to get yards after the catch. And he's, he's put in a lot of work to try to get better. And I think over the years he has gotten better at what he does after the catch. But Chris Godwin's already doing that better than Mike Evans has been. And I think that this, it's only going to continue. And playing in a contract year, either, either Chris is going to come in trying to justify the contract the Buccaneers give him if they do ink him, you know, in training camp before the season, whatever – or he's going to come in trying to show the team or the the rest of the NFL why he deserves such a big payday as a free agent in 2021. And that number 12, you know, he gave it up to Tom Brady, humbly, you know, kind of bowing to the greatness that is the GOAT and all that stuff. And, and as much as we love it, 12 is still a part of his persona. It's a part of who he is. It's a part of who he's been as a player. And even as a person, I mean, his, his fiance Mariah, has talked about her Instagram tag is Miss 12. Um, so, I mean, the number 12 is just kind of synonymous with Chris Godwin's life. So, of course, you know, if I got to make predictions in May, he's getting 12 touchdowns and he's getting 1,200 yards. How about that? I, I like it. Also, Michael Thomas is overrated. So moving on to our final over <laughs> under uh, presented by Jim out of South Carolina. Again, Jim, we appreciate your call. Thanks for the idea. This has been a lot of fun. Touchdown catch for Rob Gronkowski. I think this is probably going to be, I mean, the, all of these are kind of hard, right? We're, we're using whatever logic we can come up with, but all of these are hard to pin down. And I don't think that anybody in, you know, come January, he's going to go back to this episode and try to hold us accountable for over-unders here. Uh, but they're very fun to talk about. Uh, Rob Gronkowski is a very interesting character. Listen, the last three years of football that he played, he had a total of 14 touchdowns. He had eight in 2017, three in 2016, and then three in 2018. Um, is that math right? That is correct. Yeah, 14. <laughs> um, so here's the over-under I'm going to give. I'm going to see, can Rob... Gronkowski in 2020 coming back from missing a year of football saying he's healthier than ever before because he did lose some of that weight didn't get beat up all year like he's used to so maybe he is healthier uh I'm gonna put the number at seven and a half does he get to halfway to those last three seasons combined or does he exceed that number uh you put it right where I didn't want you to put it (laughs) um I'm gonna take the under I think it'll I think it'll be right around seven but here's my caveat Gronk will be this team's leading touchdown receiver in the first month of the season. 
And I think after that, it'll start to taper off as Brady gets more comfortable with his weapons. I think he's going to rely heavily on Gronk early on. Gronk is going to be the the focal point of these of these red zone targets. Of course, Mike and Godwin are going to get theirs too, but I think you're going to see a a heavy reliance on the chemistry between Brady and Gronk early in the season. So I would say if he gets seven, four of those come in the first four weeks. I mean, if if we're being fair, I don't see Gronk getting more than five. To be to be completely honest with you, um, but I just that that seven and a half mark was just too good of a spot to put it at. I had to put it there, but I don't think Gronk is going to get more than five. Okay, well, David, I think that about does it. Unless you want to you want to do a bonus one over under nine and a half interceptions for Brady. You don't have to explain it. Just over or under under under. Yeah, I'm going under too. The guy doesn't throw interceptions. All right, well. David, that is going to do it. Jim from South Kakalaki, thank you again for the call. Always appreciate hearing from you. And uh, continue to send in more voicemails. You know, all of you can send in voicemails. You have questions, you have show ideas, you have topics you want us to cover. You, you, know, you want us to you know, just unload and, and do a, a completely random episode on a Friday. I don't know, maybe talk about Michael Jordan and the last dance. Go ahead and give us a call at... 813-444-5841. Check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, and we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.